0: Dr. Alexander, it's so good to be with you all here this morning. I would invite you to take your copy of the Lord's Word and turn to the Gospel of Matthew, <clears throat> chapter number 18. The Gospel of Matthew, chapter number 18. As you're making your way over there, we're going to be at Matthew 18. Now for the next month before us, as we are going to talk about no drama. It is a fact of life that drama exists within human life. Everywhere you see you see people who are angry, offended, offending others. We see protests of all kinds, protesting all kinds of things and various reasons. We call this drama. In fact, One of the things that I talked about probably more than any subject when I was a youth minister. I was a youth minister for seven years before I became a pastor. But as a youth minister, we talked about the subject of drama more than any other subject. And the reason is, is because it is so easy to allow disharmony to grow amongst the brothers and the sisters It's so easy to allow disharmony to grow amongst the church of God. It's so easy, as we've seen in our culture today, to allow disharmony and drama to grow amongst us and our neighbors. So the solution to this drama problem in the church, in the nation, all those things, the solution is one word, and it's Jesus. But looking how does jesus deal with drama how are we to deal with letdowns with each other how are we to deal with each other when we sin against each other how are we to deal with disharmony and disunion and try to keep it together well there's matthew 18 matthew 18 and i believe the whole chapter talks about drama and how to avoid it in the church of the living god It's interesting to me that Matthew 18, and we're about to read this in here in a moment, the first four verses, it begins with a discussion amongst the disciples about who can be the greatest. So let's begin together this morning. In Matthew 18, verses 1 through 4, it says, at that time, the disciples came to Jesus saying, who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? Let's pause here for just a minute. We have not read Matthew 17, but the end of Matthew 17, what has just taken place is they have just paid the temple tax, and in order to do so, you might remember the story, Jesus sent Peter down to the water and had him catch a fish, and inside was the appropriate temple tax in order to pay the levy in order to take care of the temple. And in his conversation with the disciples, he said, listen, we don't really need to do this because this is not how the kingdom of God works, but so not to offend them, let's go ahead and pay it. So we could only imagine that the disciples were thinking, oh, we don't have to pay temple taxes? Wow, we really must be something special here. So it seems only natural and normal that they would be asking a question about, well, tell us about this whole kingdom of God thing. So again, let's look at verse number one. At that time, the disciples who came to Jesus saying, Who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And calling to him a child, he put him, this is the child, in the midst of them and said, Truly, I say to you, unless you turn and become like children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Whoever humbles himself like this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. This is the word of our Lord this morning. Our main statement is this The kingdom of heaven is only available to those who come like children. The kingdom of heaven is only available to those who come like children. Well, let's talk about what it means. To have only children allowed, what it means to be only children allowed into the kingdom of heaven. Well, obviously, the, the child being beckoned to Jesus is an object lesson. He is not saying that in order to enter the kingdom of heaven, you have to be a kid. He is saying that there's something about this child that reflects what it means in order to have standing in the kingdom of heaven and if you become like this child you will be called greatest in the kingdom of heaven how can we decipher this riddle well principle number one let's talk about children for just a second children are many things children are many things if you know anything about my life you know we have six children five which are entrusted to us now we have one in heaven And one of the things that I have learned with each child and their birth and what they bring to our family is I learn more about children in general each time we have had a new child. And also not only when we have had them as they have grown in different phases. Now, we're just like every parent. We don't have favorite children. We love all of them the same. However, we don't love every stage the same um some stages are harder than others but children are different and our understanding of what it means to be a child because children are so different has expanded as we went from Ashland to AK to Judah to Ainsley to Peter and Lucy I got all the names that's good so but anyway children are many things first let's talk about a few things that children are children are selfish Children are selfish. This should be of no surprise to anyone. Children are selfish. One of the things you may not know about me is that I have a weakness, and that weakness is, I think you pronounce it, Albanese gummy bears. I don't know if you have seen those. It's not the uh, normal gummy bears you see at the gas station. What's that brand? I can't remember. But it's the one in the white bag. I love those things, and typically, inside the console of my vehicle there is a little baggie of gummy bears. Well, we were, this was this week, we were on the way to school so I could drop the children off at the day school here at, at church. And I had Peter and I had Lucy in the vehicle with me. Ainsley's out of town with my mother, blessed be my mother. But um, anyway, we were driving to school and I got a craving for gummy bears it, in the morning so I opened the console and I pulled out a gummy bear and Lucy saw it and she said dad can I have one of those I said oh honey it's too early for gummy bears (laughs) as I was eating one (laughs) but she looked at me and she said a line that she must have learned here at the First Baptist Church Day School Because she looked at me and she said, Daddy, sharing is caring. (laughs) Okay, I'll give her one. So I gave her a gummy bear. Now, once she gets a gummy bear, keep in mind I still have one more child in the back. Now, because of my arm, I cannot reach around me completely because I'm going to have surgery in august to hopefully fix that but i cannot he sits behind me and then she sits on the other side so i couldn't reach to hand him one so in order for him to get one i would have to hand one to lucy and then lucy would have to pass it off to peter Sharon is carrying y'all so peter i want one want one 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 okay here you go lucy Hand this to Peter. Well, I keep hearing one, 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 one in the back. Clearly, the exchange, the baton had not been passed. And I t- turned around we had a stoplight and I turned around and said, Lucy, you need to give that to your brother. Stone cold. She goes to that place when we tell her, to do stuff she'll she has this little face that she'll make where she'll go and just gets in the zone and it's just she doesn't hear anything you say and I said hey hand that to your brother total silence hey I said hand that to your brother and, Lucy sharing is caring <laughs> no <laughs> that's all I got Now, I love my daughter, and she's actually a great little child, but she is exhibiting what just about every child that I've ever had does at that age, which is not share. Kids are selfish, whether it's gummy bears or toys or whatever, kids are selfish. Also, kids are not innocent. Now, children certainly have innocence, and we'll talk about that in a minute, but There's no way that you can persuade me that children are innocent because children can be mean. Children can be hurtful. They may not fully understand what they're doing, but they're definitely not innocent. Now, is it true that that children possess some form of innocence? Well, I believe so. Um, In Isaiah chapter 7 and verse number 15, talking prophetically here uh, about a baby that was to be born in Isaiah's day, and then ultimately, I think this points to Jesus, this passage. But in verse number 15, it says this, He shall eat curds and honey when he knows how to refuse the evil and choose the good. And we know later that this was talking about someone who turned 12 years old. In fact, if you're wondering where Jewish people get their idea of their bar mitzvah, of entering into adulthood, It is from Isaiah chapter 7. That there is this understanding that while children are not innocent, children can be mean, children can be cruel, children can sin, there is an innocence about children because children don't fully understand right from wrong. But Jesus has told this crew that children is how you must come to the kingdom. Well, kids are selfish. Kids are innocent. Also, children, kids are emotionally immature, emotionally immature. That's why they can burst into an outburst at any given moment for any given reason. And in fact, when an adult bursts out like this, what do we typically say? That person is acting like a child because children are emotionally immature. Also, kids have no patience. How many of you have been asked by your children, grandchildren, are we there yet? How much longer is it going to be? Do we have to wait any longer? Or I want it now. Children are not only emotionally immature, kids have no patience. Also, kids are needy. Kids are needy. And this is why, because they have so many needs, children do something that is absolutely so frustrating, and that's called whining, whining. And some of them even have certain tones and just hear it, and you're like, oh, it's like fingernails scratching a chalkboard or something. It's just like, oh, stop whining. I remember growing up in my own home, this was a big one for my mother. Do not, under any circumstances, whine. Because it is just so annoying and it's so disrespectful to your parents. So kids are needy and they demonstrate this by whining, crying out, asking for their needs to be met. And kids are definitely not humble. Now, I want you to observe that Jesus has just said, unless you humble yourself like this child, you will not enter the kingdom of heaven. But kids are definitely not humble. Could you imagine a four-year-old coming up to you and saying, hey, listen, it's not about me. <laughs> I mean, for real. Kids are not humble. What could Jesus possibly be talking about? Let's let's read it again. Verse number 2 and 3. And... Calling to him a child, he put him in the midst of them and said, Truly I say to you, unless you turn and become like children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. What in the world does that mean? Because kids are selfish, definitely not innocent, even though they do have some innocence. Um, Kids have sinned, all those things. Kids are emotionally immature. They have no patience. They're needy and they whine and they're definitely not humble. What in the world does it mean to come to Jesus as a child? Well, it comes to principle number two, and I'm not alone in this. This is, as I've looked at commentaries this week and people much smarter than I, it's one word, children are dependent, dependent. You know, children were looked down on in the ancient Middle East. We adore children. They did not. Children were seen as, again, just kind of a necessary thing that had to happen until you became an adult. Perhaps you remember the story where, and we're going to read it in just a few minutes, in Mark chapter 10, where you know the children were coming to Jesus and the disciples, shoot, get these kids away from Jesus. He doesn't have time for these. Let's talk to the important people, the adults. Children are dependent. What does that mean? Well We do not enter the kingdom of heaven through humility. Humility alone falls short. Friends, some of the most humble people that you will ever meet don't even believe in God. Some of the most humble people you will ever meet don't practice Christianity. They show others preferential treatment, they live their life in such a way that the world is not about them. Humility alone is not the thing that the kingdom of God is all about. The kind of humility that Jesus is talking about is dependence. It's not the humility that says it's not about me, even though that's important. It's the humility that says, I'm completely dependent upon you. And that's what children are, they're dependent. Friends, we enter the kingdom of heaven through open arm dependence we enter the kingdom of heaven through open arm dependence open arm dependence what do i mean by that well i what i mean by that is have you ever beckoned a child to come to you and you hold out your arms and they come to you with outstretched arms and they just they just they just grab you and you hold them Uh, Super Summer was this week, a wonderful camp that our kids go to each year, a leadership camp in Jackson down at Mississippi College. My daughter was among those that went and had a wonderful time, so grateful for her experience there. But she's 15, and uh, she had to come home a a day early because she was going to another trip, and uh, we were coming from out of, I don't know where we were, can't remember now. But we were arriving home at the same time and she beat us home about, I'd say, 10 minutes and I didn't realize that. And my 15-year-old, y'all, when I got out of the truck, all the lights were out, the front door opens and she screams, Daddy! And runs to me and jumps in my arms. That doesn't normally happen. (laughs) And it was the, one of the sweetest moments I can remember in recent time. And there's something that that does for a father, but there is something about open arms from a child. Mark chapter 10, verses 13 through 16. This is the story I was referencing. It says, and they were bringing children to him that he might touch them. And the disciples rebuked them But when Jesus saw it, he was indignant and said to them, Let the children come to me. Do not hinder them. For to such belongs the kingdom of God. Truly I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a child shall not enter it. And he took them in his arms and blessed them and laying his hands on them. Friends, children don't make themselves dependent. They are dependent because they are children. Every year when I fill out my tax information and work with my CPA, he for years has said, okay, how many dependents is it this year, preacher? I said, we can't have any more now, so he just knows how many there are. But dependents, these are individuals that are completely dependent upon me for their existence. Meaning, if I stopped providing for my children, they would be destitute. The state would have to take up for them, or somebody else would have to take up for them. That if I did not provide for them, my children are completely dependent upon me for their existence here in this society. It's what it means to be a dependent. Children don't make themselves this way. This is what they are. And when Jesus is talking about what it means to humble yourself, to look specifically at verse 3 again and said, Truly I say to you, unless you turn and become like children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. There's no way Jesus is saying unless you become selfish. Unless you reattain innocence unless you're emotionally immature unless you have no patience unless you're needy unless you're not humble like a child jesus cannot be saying this is what it means to be a part of the kingdom being a part of the kingdom of god is this is that if you're in the kingdom you're there because you're completely dependent upon another his name is Jesus. To be a child in the kingdom is to be somebody's dependent. It's to be Jesus' dependent. That he takes up for you all that you have belongs to him. All that you are is because of him. What it means to enter the kingdom as a child is to whether you fully understand it's not about you or not, it is to be completely dependent upon Jesus. You see, kingdom greatness is the exact opposite of how we understand greatness. I want you to look again in verse number 3 and we'll go to 4. And he said, Truly I say to you, unless you turn and become like children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Whoever humbles himself like this child interesting not any child this child what did the child this do the child responded when called jesus called and the child came whoever humbles himself like this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven kingdom greatness is the exact opposite of how we understand greatness i want you to think about this He is talking to multiple individuals, multiple disciples. And through the scripture, he's now talking to millions of people through all of the ages. How is it that more than one person could achieve what it means to be greatest in the kingdom of heaven? Because when we think the greatest, the goat, the greatest of all time, we think about one person whoever that is. There's always those discussions you see now on TV and on YouTube or who is the goat basketball and football and baseball, who's the goat music artist and this, that, and the other. The way we understand greatness is being greater than everyone else. The kingdom of heaven is a place where greatness no longer matters because it's something else. You see, greatness in the kingdom of heaven... Is available to everyone and the reason it's available to everyone is greatness in the kingdom of heaven is not achieved through you and me it's achieved through Jesus so what does it mean that only children are allowed in the kingdom of heaven well the kingdom of heaven is only available of those to those who come like children when we talk about this world where it's so drama-ridden and there's so many arguments and protests and so many fights and, folks, that, this happens in families, this happens in churches, this happens in Sunday school classes. Like, how, how does this happen? The reason it happens is because we don't have the heart of a child. And we allow the influences of this world and our understanding of greatness to intrude upon the church and upon the family of God and to re-persuade us that the world's method of greatness is a better idea in the church of the living God. What does the church look like when each of us has the posture of total dependence upon Jesus. That we can embrace. It's not about us. We are totally dependent upon him. How much does that change the house of God if everyone is first looking to Jesus for complete dependence? There's much more to say about drama, and eliminating it in the church. Matthew 18 has a lot to say. But friends, it starts here. What it means to be a child of God is to be completely dependent upon Christ to be a part of His kingdom. You know what it means to be a Christian? What it means to be a Christian is to embrace the fact that there is nothing that you and I could do no amount of good no amount of time of doing good there's nothing that we could do where we could possibly achieve greatness in the kingdom where we could possibly achieve being saved from our sins apart from jesus this why this is why this chapter is here to get into the kingdom Jesus has to do something for you. And the only way you receive it is if you receive it with open arms. This is where we start. Remember this as we go forward and look at all of these other things. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for Jesus. Lord, your message is so simple. It truly is not about us, but Lord, we can... We can act like children so often. Lord, looking at this passage, the disciples were acting like children at the very beginning. Lord, you're not calling us to act like children. You're calling us to come to you like children. Children are not worried about what mom and dad are thinking. They just run to mom and dad. Children know mom and dad love them children aren't cynical and critical. They're just open. And Lord, some of us have grown into those things. We've grown old. Some of us have grown hard. But Lord, this is where salvation starts. And Lord, walking relationship with you, this is where salvation stays. In a posture of complete dependence. Upon you. Lord, I pray for those today who need to be reminded that you're waiting there with open arms, that they would experience that. Lord, I pray also for anyone here that does not know you. Maybe they're trusting in something else. Being a good person, going to church, Being a good citizen, Lord, only those who come and ask you and are totally dependent upon you ever have access to what it means to be in the kingdom of God. Lord, if there's anyone here who has not done that today, I pray today, they would come and talk to one of our ministers and do that. For it's in the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen and amen.